Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Firm. I'm your super host, Al Gore. I'm here with also super host, Lance Psycho, on a very important episode. It is important because it's the number 200, which is a huge milestone. 100 is a huge milestone. A year is a huge milestone. 200. Does that mean it's like been four years if we do it once a week? Yep. Did you count all the Monday morning podcasts? Nope. Nope. If you count those, we're almost at 300 now. Ah, well, look at that. Well, thank you for sticking with us. We know every single one of you started from week zero and then came all the way. And so, and now you can see us on the YouTube. So uh, yes. if you are if you were tired of just listening to our voices, but now you want to switch to that, I highly recommend you do that and uh, watch us on YouTube. Same thing, same thing with the Monday morning podcast episodes. Most of those, uh, all the new ones, are going to be on YouTube, which which are great. And uh, so you could even sit. You could sit if you have a Chromecast like me or the app on your TV. Bam, sit there. Put us on your giant screen. Put us on the giant screen. Make it happen. Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, it, it, so if you are still on the fence about going to trade shows in person this year, which many of us are, how are you going to keep up with the latest and greatest in architectural products? Introducing ArcCat Alert. Get the scoop in this weekly newsletter featuring leading manufacturers and their newest and best products. And since it's backed by ArcCat, you know you can begin researching these products for free and without registration. There's also ArcKtect a curated newsletter of the most interesting architecture stories of the week. Check them out at arcat.com forward slash A-R-C-A-T-E-C-T. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com forward slash A-R-C-A-T-E-C-T. Check them out. Awesome. I had some conversation conversations with a couple of potential clients. Mm-hmm. And I want to give you some feedback because... I think it's a warning sign. I think it's something we've all dealt with. I think there's ways that we can deal with it, um, but I'm gonna, I also wanna present another opportunity. The first one was $2 million house in Colorado. Yep. Wanted it designed for less than uh, architectural budget that we normally do for an addition. Yikes. For an addition, right? And then they said the structural engineer um, fee was fine. But they also, during this conversation, was like, hey, we don't need exact sizes of windows, which is like a red flag. It's like, we barely need any drawings. That's um, insanity. I didn't hear that part. Yeah. And and here's another part, too. For the structural engineering, they go, um, and they're from a different state. I'm not going to tell you the state. I'll, I'll say Alabama, even though it's not even Alabama. Um, but the, just to give you an idea, it's it's not Colorado. It's not like Utah like or Idaho. That's, okay. Right? <clears throat> I said, I already know what beam sizes I want. I'll be able to just tell them, and I already know the spacing. I'm like, oh, this is wow. Colorado snow loads. Like, it's, got, it's got bad real quick. It's got bad real quick. I pity the fool who gets in bed with these people. Yeah. So, um, 
It especially it's like the plains of Colorado might be comparable, but we did just get two feet of snow in 24 hours. So you mean for loads and stuff like that? Or? Yeah. So probably not. They don't have two feet of snow. In, I see what you're. I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. And then the mountains got like four feet. So some places almost got five feet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot different. of snow. And the thing about the mountains too is, if you get one big snowstorm, it doesn't melt like it does in the front range and goes away. Imagine feet on top of feet on top of feet on top of feet, and it just keeps going. So your load is just giant. Right. So didn't get that client. Totally fine. Talking to another client. Um, this client we might get, we're still talking, but, and this is a nicer client, more realistic, has a realistic time frame, knows that there's going to be a process getting it through. But one thing that this person said was, you know, they have everything picked out. They know what stone they want, you know, and uh, he said, I don't mean to denigrate your profession, but it's not brain surgery. I was like, yeah, I understand that. This is the potential one? This is a different potential one, ah. right? And yes, it's not brain surgery. It's not rocket science, rocket science, especially with a house, right? A house is, is, is different. These multifamily projects down in Denver where you have city code, IPC code, fire code, um, FEMA code. Literally uh, any commercial building at this point, I'd say, is yep. uh, an, an, ANSI code. Um, You're the equivalent of a, a doctor ADA, for buildings. Yep, ADA code. Like, holy cow. There are at least eight books of a 1,000 pages each that th- this has to comply with. But <clears throat> what I'm getting at, the reason why I strung those two together, even though they're very different clients, very different approaches, is, man, we got to be on guard for the perception of our profession. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's out there. It's prevalent. You all have dealt with it, right? It's all been out there. And, and maybe you just don't work with clients like that, um, that don't see your value. But here's the scary part, Lance. There, like there's already Pinterest. There's already uh, SketchUp. There's uh, TestFit IO, which we love which is generative design on, on a multifamily scale. They're becoming to be more programs that you can do, can do detailing, things like that. They're printing 3D houses in Houston. They're printing 3D houses in, in Houston. Is that where it is? I'm get, I'll get to that segment. I might be wrong. But they're printing 3D houses in Texas. Yep. That's what it is, yeah. That doesn't mean that even if those exist, you aren't valuable, you don't bring something to it. But it might squeeze your opportunities. And if your opportunities are squeezed, are you just going to let that happen? And just sit there and be like, this is the market. This is what can bear. I'm just going to sit here and now either get paid less or do less work. Sure. I, I feel like honestly, without me manifesting saying that, that's what a lot of people do. That's what a lot of people do. And one thing that we are trying to push, whether you do it by yourself or through our course, which is architectsguide2.com, is becoming a builder also. Because the amount of pushback percentage-wise that I've had on architecture fees mm-hmm. versus a contractor fee, maybe one out mm. of 10 in contractor fees, they might be like, hey, can you, what about this fee? Well, what's interesting is you asked me this prior to recording, yeah. and I've only gotten pushback on the really tiny projects because they often have a tiny little budget, mm-hmm. right? They're already stretched to get it done. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. But I, I wouldn't even, you know, let's say it's one out of 10, but then 
you know, maybe even, even if we don't lower the price on the architecture fees, honestly, it might be three out of 10 mm-hmm. where they question it or, or just say something like, oh, this seems high or, yep. so that's three X more. Yes. Three X more. And, and what I'm saying is maybe don't put yourself in the position where you are dictated by the market and you start dictating your own market, right? That's why we say to extend your services into construction, right? Become a construction manager or a, a GC. If you want help on that, if you want a leg up, if you don't want to go through the airs and lose a bunch of money and potentially make more money because you are extending your market, we offer a guide that is worth your cash. Architects Guide 2 just... Um, is it, is it the number two? No, it's not. I changed that. Yep. Okay, good. You better better double check. Did you double check? I'm going to it right now. Yep. That is it. That's why I've been saying it. Architectsguideto.com, not two. Architectsguideto. Go check it out. See what we have in there for you. Um, there's how to set up a project, how to set up the business, how to execute the project, how to execute some of the concepts. Um, the resources that you need so that you're starting off on, on a good foot. Um, it is it is definitely worth it. So go check it out. That is what I have for that. Nice. But moving deeper into the podcast, I got a question of the week for you. Good. That's what I like. All right. So this came from, I'm listening to the Audible book, audio book, uh, The Four Disciplines of Execution, because everyone has great ideas. Lance has a great idea every four years. Yep. <laughs> So if the firm has been in existence for 11 years, I have come up with almost three good ideas. Almost. Almost three in 11 yeah, two years. Point, two point, you know, seven, five. Every, everyone knows execution is the hardest. And have you heard of like the phrase WIG? A wildly I have not important. heard of this phrase. Yep. And so, uh, you mean the acronym WIG. Yep. And it stands for wildly important goals. Mm. And the reason I bring this up is because everyone at our firm read two second leans. We're making improvements every day, every day, every day. And everybody's taking it so seriously. I love it. Yep. Regularly and scheduled. Right. Um, But sometimes it's like, okay, what do I do? What do I look into? Me and you were talking about different, different ideas to do. And I just love how this person framed it right okay and they go so in this book what they did is they actually tested this a whole bunch before they wrote the book and the book is called the four disciplines of execution okay and where people go wrong is they ask hey what's most important like that's my wildly important goal what's important right and they come up with a whole bunch of things like well safety is important right have you ever had someone injured like that's the most important thing Another thing that's important is maybe marketing. Marketing is super important. Or, or um, getting projects on time is wildly important. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, okay, <clears throat> that, that, will lead in, that will just lead to confusion because everyone who has their pet project you know, will, will basically say whatever, whatever they're focused on, right? So ask yourself, this is the question of the week. Lance, ask yourself, everyone listening, ask yourself, if everything is even and going how it's going now stable what important goal or what thing could you do that would make the biggest difference right what is the thing that would move the needle need needle a lot so let's <laughs> say you have like five or ten ideas sort them through what is actually going to move the needle what's actually going to make the most indif- 
difference. And then put that first. You might get to the other ones, but order those in priority. Now, are you, are you asking this strictly with, if is everybody asking the idea that you ask this about your business? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. Are you looking, actually, we're going to answer? If you have, no, I wasn't, but if you have one. Well, for me, it's, it's the book I've been reading and that I started is called, um, and I was going to give a, basically a little shout out here, uh, kind of a preemptive, Hey, look out for this episode, which is coming. It's one of the first Monday morning episodes that will be, uh, in video form. So a few weeks ago I interviewed, um, Michelle Seiler Tucker. And so this episode will come out on, uh, April 12th. So about a month from now, but her book is um is awesome it's called exit rich and so for me it is the answer is that it's finding a tool set like she has and provided she has this little course that you do online after you get the book and it's road mapping your your exit for your business now we're not we're not going to sell f9 that's not what i'm getting at but like for us it's building a roadmap and the roadmap is an internal roadmap of we are. We have a young. We have a young staff, but they're starting to get uh, experience to a senior level. I would say, I like it in terms of how long they've been at the firm, what they can do. How do you keep? How do you? How do you keep that staff in place, to so that you can keep expanding and growing and the roadmap? So for me, number one is getting that roadmap sorted out and figured out. Yep, I like that. Um, also, I'm glad you brought that up too, because as you know, we make courses and, and sell courses. We are not above taking courses. We take courses from other people where they're the expert in that area. Like it only just makes you leap that much faster. Like this course is so cool. It has the, one of the things that we wanted to do for a while is get a company manual together, but not have it. So it's bureaucratic, have it. So it's lean. So we're practicing what we preach and everything, but having all of that in place and like, well, where do you go for it? When you take those kind of courses, then a lot of times, just like our course, the courses that we build, we're giving you the tools. So they're super valuable in, in that respect. Like where else are you going to get an example to basically build yours off of in whatever it is? Yep. And, and I don't have a specific example, so I'm glad you do. I have an analogy to a concept to <clears throat> think about your business as a ship going from one port to another port and you have to deliver goods, right? So what's... <clears throat> What's, what's most important, you know, on a ship you, there's a bunch of things like, Oh, make sure the hull doesn't crack. Make sure, you know, like, um, everything's running smoothly. But if you think about what's going to move the needle, Oh, now I'm thinking about the engine. Do I need to upgrade the engine? Meaning the execution of the work, or do I not have a, enough fuel coming in? Do I, am I not bringing enough enough work into the pipeline? The engine's fine. Mm-hmm. I made that efficient. Mm-hmm. I need that fuel to come in. Um, so, so, or uh, honestly, if you look at your whole business too, maybe those are running great, but you're still not profitable. Is your ship's hull and everything too big with overhead? Do you have too much support staff? Do you have too much money going out on, on expenses every month? Like, do you need to make that ratio between what you produce, your supplies that you're carrying and how big your actual hull is? Is that the area? Um, so that's just an analogy to maybe help you examine where your wig might be. Yes, sir. You've got it. You've got it. I've got some interesting, uh, news. So we talk about 3d printing on the podcast a lot because, uh, especially specifically when it comes to construction, because I just think at at some point we're going to, we're going to transition there and we're going to keep doing that. So 
found a little interesting article popped up today on my feed. Uh, not, not today, but this week. 3D printed housing developments suddenly take off. So here we are. We're on the cusp of it, right? Um, and here's what they look like. So uh, 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 let's see. <clears throat> Barely a month ago, a 3D printed house was listed for sale of the public for the first time in the U.S. Uh, so a month ago, meaning like February, the first one finally went on on the market. Now a small 3D printed community in Texas is following suit. Another large community in California is also in the works. In other words, 3D printed real estate real estate is taking off in a big way. That first home that went up for sale hasn't even been built yet. The company SQ4D printed a model home at a concrete yard on Long Island, New York, and hosted more than 100 showings. The new home will be printed on a lot nearby. Icon, a pioneer in 3D printed homes in the U.S., just completed four homes in East Austin, Texas. Uh, in partnership with Kansas City-based developer Three Stands, the two- to four-bedroom homes are now on the market, starting in the $400,000 range. I know for a lot of people that's crazy expensive, but man, here we are. The demand has been off the charts, off the charts, Hard to manage even, said Gary O'Dell, co-founder and CEO of 3D Strands. The feedback could not have been more positive. The city of Austin is one of the fastest growing metropolitan markets in the country, thanks to Gavin Newsom. It's not in the article, but you get it. Has already embraced the concept of 3D printed homes, so the zoning and permitting process was relatively easy, O'Dell said. We built four homes in the configuration we did because we could do it in the existing zoning so basically, um, so how these guys tackled it is, uh, I don't know if you have the article up, but basically it's like a sort of a podium style. So it's a hybrid still. So they haven't, so just so everybody knows if you go to this, it's a CNBC article, take a look at it. Um, I think it's worth it because I'm telling it, I'm telling you guys and gals and everybody else, it's the transition is going to happen real quick. It's going to mm-hmm. be like when we, um, started going when when all of a sudden we had our smartphones for the first time and then everybody and then you know social media exploded because of that it's just going to be this point in time that everybody's going to remember and when everything sort of changed and started moving in a different direction especially with how expensive lumber prices are okay i have a question for you i made this prediction about two years ago and then i'll ask you the question by 2030 half the new vehicles sold will be electric yeah Two years ago, that was a big prediction. I actually don't even think that's in question anymore by 2030. I don't think so either. Right? They're so popular. Which is which is nine years away, right? So in a lifespan, in like, when in your prediction will half the housing be 3D printed? Or at least, let's just say the structure of it, right? Because that's what they're showing in this. Within a decade? I think so too. Yep. Within a decade. A decade? Think about where you were at a decade ago. That's a one interesting way to, to think about it, right? And the analogy I would the analogy I would make or like the callback would be, do you remember when we first started the firm? And yeah. we just had big fat desktops. And now up upstairs we are one desktop away from being a completely laptop level firm. Yeah. Here you know what I mean? Yep. So one decade makes a giant difference. And then from there, who knows what we'll have, right? In the next decade, maybe it'll just be uh, hopefully it'll be like Star Trek where it's just like a piece of glass. Yeah. Oh, exactly. But I was watching a, a movie, The Expanse. Um, the only thing I don't like about this glass is you got to blank out the back or else everyone can see. They're walking around this show 
Like it's some detective and he has a face of some fugitive on there. And it says that like, you're going to be walking around in public and it says fugitive. Like, no, no, no. Oh, they'll figure no. it out. Yep. I'll they'll I, figure I, it out. I know what you're saying. Okay. Here's the question to you since you brought up um, this article. What can you do today or what can you plan for? Like, are, are should we be planning for like, how do we get in with these companies so that we can offer this service? Does this become a feature that if you want a 3D printed home, we're the firm for you in this area? Is this, where do we go with this, Lance? Well, I literally thought I was reading the article. Why do I, why have I not reached out to one of the C, somebody at one of the three of these companies, if not all three of these companies, and ask them if they want to be on the show? Huh. Because that would be one way. Is that really so? Then ask them the question. Because I think it, I think everybody would be interested in hearing it from the horse's mouth. And obviously, these guys are akin to, in the sense of uh, hyping what they do, like Peter Schiff with gold, or um, who, Michael Elon Musk with Dogecoin. Yes, Michael Saylor with Bitcoin. Right. Yep. So those kind of people, where they're, you know, obviously, the more you hype something, uh, if you're invested in it, then you know. Yep. make more money. Here's what I'd want you to ask them for us and for the audience. <clears throat> is this going to be a franchise model? Meaning, yes. will you sell us? Will you sell it? Do we rent the printer? How does it work? Is the training going to happen? Yep. Yeah. I hope that it isn't tight to the vest. And I hope that they have something like that because I think we all want to see it move in, in, in that direction because we're maybe tired of We've made this analogy before of like buildings are still made by hand and if they're made by humans, well, humans are prone to error. So I think you're just going to reduce error. Right. And, and, and I believe it has to be a franchise or they have to sell it because if not, there's multiple of these companies. It's just like saying, hey, we're the only ones that will build the frame for the house. Mm -hmm. Well, you can only go so fast. And then the people that are franchising that give it out, they'll learn quicker because they'll have a quicker feedback yes. loop because they'll have a larger. Yes. So it's, it's finding, finding that. Yep. Um, and then, and then, yeah, then I think you got to do the math. How many houses do you have to line up? Do you become just the, the, the framing sub? Like, is that part of the deal? Is it, or, or is it an integrated How does it work? Yeah. approach that, Hey, maybe because it's so new that architecture firms that know all these different components can, can actually, I don't know. It could be a cool opportunity. You got could it. be that time now. Three years ago, it wasn't that time. I agree, and we brought it up at the beginning of the with some of the in the preliminary episodes of the podcast for sure. But here we are, four years later, episode two hundred, and I think it's. I mean, it's the proof's in the pudding. That article literally says they just sold the first one in the U.S. Okay, and then they are putting them in these, these developments in California and Texas. Like, yep, we're right there. Somehow, somehow, I don't. I think it's. It's just like when you transition from Arcad or uh, AutoCAD to Revit, uh, desktop to laptops, uh, fiat currency to Bitcoin. I don't know. Yeah. Is it possible? I'm going to put you on the spot. When you're cutting this, when you're talking about this literally two minutes ago, could you like put the, these pictures up or scroll through this? Yes, Alex, I can do that. Because I think it's good. So people would have already saw that. On <laughs> While you were listening to Alex's voice, you would have already heard that. Yeah. Yep. Um, speaking of this, I, I got an email from one of our buddies, Kyle Rogler, uh, Blue Dot Design Build. He's in Kansas. He's actually one of the featured special uh, bonus interviews in our Architect to Builders course. Just FYI, he was listening to the podcast and he wanted to say 
not all jurisdictions require you to take the contractor's test, which I did not Incredible. know. Incredible. Yep. In uh, Johnson County, Kansas, if you have a bachelor's of science in architecture, engineering, or construction management from accredited university, you can qualify for your class A license and don't need to take a test. And he gave me the link too. So <clears throat> you might not have to take that testing step to be a contractor, which is, you know, for... Um, I'm not even going to say whether I think it's necessary or not. If you've built or been in the process through enough housings, norm, I can't get over this enough. Normal people, if you take time and, and do effort, build their own homes through subs and things like that. Yeah. We have a lot of clients that end up doing it. Yep. Um, just additions too. Yeah. Yep. One of my favorite, uh, lady clients, uh, she's a go getter and she, she did it herself kick butt oh nice nice so anyways that was good to know good to know uh kind of uh going back again to this so this this book that i am reading now well i'm taking their course um and i'm gonna hopefully start the book over the weekend in pdf form it's not out yet but if you go to if you go to exitrich.com exitrichbook.com this is the book I'm talking about. I had Michelle on the podcast. She's great. She's partnered with, uh, it's a co-authored um, book. So Michelle is one of the co-authors on there. And then her business partner um, and my 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 internet is broken right now. So I can't, well, let me scroll down with who her, who her partner is, but it doesn't matter. But one of the coolest things right away is uh, you should... Be thinking about is any how many how many of you out there have actually seen what your business is worth? There is a very simple calculator on her website. If you go to this one is different. It's Siler uh, dot com. So S E I L E R Tucker dot com forward slash sell a business forward slash business worth. So if you go to that, so again it's S E I L E R T-U-C-K-E-R.com forward slash sell a business forward slash business worth. Check it out. You have to fill out four things. Fill out your net income of your business, your inventory value. So for us, like think about all the tools and laptops and stuff. Um, accounts receivable. And then if you have, and accounts receivable is basically like what is build out, build out currently. Yep. So don't get don't get that one confused with like oh what was my total no 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 do your net income for the last twelve months apply some number to your inventory value right like your laptops and all that you can come up with a number accounts receivable just look in your QuickBooks or FreshBooks or whatever you're using see what's receivable right now and real estate so like our building right that we own now or if if you own your own building that you're operating out of put that in there and if you cross check it with an EBITDA which we yeah. did. It's real close. It's really interesting to think about what is my business actually worth, even if you're a service-based business, because small firms do get gobbled up by medium-sized firms. Medium-sized firms end up getting, sometimes get gobbled up by big firms. Like, think about if, if you just explore that idea, because maybe it would change the trajectory of how you think about retirement. Well, and there's a couple things on this. If you don't know what an EBITDA is, look it up or ask your accountant to give you that number. And that's, and, go ahead. Go and ahead. you can multiply that number by five to, to eight, depending on what the buyers are. This is, I've been involved in some acquisitions talks and stuff like that through, through, through other firms. And that is the going rate 
for firms that I've been in five to to eight times your EBITDA. And let me unpack that acronym because I hate acronyms. Yep. EBITDA me is E I T D A. So E I T D A, EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So the E equals net income. The I equals interest. The T equals taxes. D depreciation and A amortization. And if you can, you can have, if you have a bookkeeper or an accountant, they can, they can do that for you. But you, you could use these two to figure out what your business is worth. And I really think it's important that you do. And, and why I like this, let's say you're like, Alan Lance, you guys are the best. Love you. But I have no thought or question about exiting my business or selling my business. Good. That's fine. Yeah. This leads me back to what you were talking about earlier and what I was talking about last week or the week before when I was listening to that YouTube uh, overview of the book, Common Stocks and Uncommon Profits. Yeah. And I said, you should look at that book, look at the 15 points and judge your business from that and see how you can grow your business. And that's where we talked about building up our bench, right? This is, <clears throat> it. the reason why this book and th- that other one are, are so important is because the people who buy businesses have looked at thousands of businesses. And these are the principles that help those businesses become acquirable, which means become successful in the long term. Literally, if you go to Michelle's website, she's she's personally sold over 500 businesses and her company has sold and her company has sold over a thousand. So yeah, they like have ran it through the, the gamuts. Right. So, so it's a way to help your business, even if you're not selling is what I'm getting at. Oh, it's so, no, I'm you. Yes. It's going to make it so you have all of your policies in place. Um, it, literally, it will, pr- it will help you protect you sort of legally because you have, you're doing things by the books. You're following, you're following all of these, all of these, all of these um, tried and true. Well, like labor laws and stuff like that, because that's what, when I went through her, her course, there was a lot of that language of like, and it establishes uh, just structure. That's the biggest thing I think is. You're getting this framework and just reevaluating. Do I have the right framework and structure mm-hmm. inside my business? Nice. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, let's let's transition to the best business owner in Florida. Oh man, hands down, hands down, hands but, down. And you, there's a lot of people in Florida. This guy's the best. Nick with Nick Reads. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Courage is an inner resolution to go forward, despite obstacles. Cowardice is submissive, surrender to circumstance. Courage breeds creativity. Cowardice represents fear and is mastered by it. Cowardice asks the question, is it safe? Expediency asks the question, is it politic? Vanity asks the question, is it popular? But conscience asks the question, is it right? And there comes a time when we must take a position that is neither safe nor politic nor popular. But one must take it because it is right. Martin Luther King Jr. Toodles! I love it. That was a good one. That was a good one. I specifically asked for an MLK uh, read this week. Good. Well, let's see if uh, all the people in the firm can 
live up to MLK and answer the ARE questions correctly. So let's start ARE Jeopardy. Here we go. Question number one. The 1994 Northridge, California earthquake revealed the unexpected vulnerability of what? What? A, moment-resistant steel frame connections. B, symmetrical buildings. D, or sorry, C, old buildings. D, non-ductile masonry and reinforced concrete structures. Why do you guys have A, B, C, or D? And we need a repeat. Uh, of the question. Okay. Uh, the 1994 California earthquake revealed the unexpected vulnerability of what? D, B, A, B. Correct answer is A. Moment-resistant steel frame connections. So now, if you remember, if, you're, if you've started the ARE portion of this, like they, the connections are not your typical moment frame. It's different, and I can't really describe it until you guys basically see it. But if you looked up like earthquake resistant steel moment frame connection, you'll see it's they're different than typical moment frame yep. connections. Yep, that's gotcha. all. That's all. Okay, number two. What is the meaning of the term forensic engineering? Is it A, engineering that only uses solutions from the past? B, engineering that is informed by building failures? C, engineering that investigates engineering failures? D, engineering that studies in malformation and monstrosities. Beautiful words. Malformation yeah. and monstrosities. That should be a book. That should be a band. Yeah. Uh, B, B, C, C. The correct answer is C. All right. So two, one, one goose egg, goose egg. All right. Let's see if we can get some of these goose eggs to a single. <coughs> Number three, the maximum area a spiral stair can service is A, 100 square feet, B, 300 square feet, C, 80 square feet, or D, 250 square feet. Doo -doo -doo. Yep, this is chapter 10, 11.10. Uh, we have D, B, D, B. The answer is D, 250 square feet. Someone is running away with it. I think he already has the win, and it's impossible to catch up. But let's see. Uh, number four, the maximum occupants a spiral stair can service. Oh, sorry. D was 250 square feet. So occupants uh, a spiral stair can service is A, 10. B, 5, C, 7, D, 15. Repeat. A, 10, B, 5, C, 7, D, 15. Wow, we can't spell today. Nope. A, B, A, B. Uh, close. A is 10. That's not correct. B is five. That is correct. Do we have a tie? No, we have three, two, one, and one. Tyler gets a pick. Tyler, I want a lunch decision quickly, right? Because I'm always oh, on the hungry. spot. He did not expect to win. So, lose it. Oh, I love it. All right. All right. Let's. Okay. 
Let's go there early so that we can actually get a table. We can do that. Do you got anything? Yes. Go to architectsguide2.com and at least check it out. Do yourself the service. See if you can expand your market so that you are more secure and confident in growing your staff, your firm, and your future. Architectsguide2.com. Do not forget to go to Arquette.com and also do not forget to go to RevitRocketShip.com. RevitRocketShip. I can't speak today. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you didn't already know, Inside the Firm now has a YouTube channel where you can actually watch this episode if that's what you prefer. So subscribe now for a chance to win a piece of Inside the Firm merch. If you prefer a podcast style, it would mean the world to us if you could leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the episode. This is how more people will find the podcast and how we can help spread more value. No matter which category you fall into, though, if you're looking for the latest updates on Inside the Firm and special contact content, follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook at Inside the Firm or Instagram at ITF Podcast. Thanks for joining us at Inside the Firm for another great episode. 